0: Well, good evening. I'm really glad to be here with you tonight. I hope you're glad to be here. And uh, as we have all through the rest of this gospel meeting, I want to start by asking you a question. Did you think about Jesus today? Have you thought about him? Have you thought about what he did for you? Have you thought about the life he lived and the death he died? He's pretty central. He should be very central to you if you claim to be a Christian. We just sang a song about the Ancient of Days, and that's very fitting for where we're going to start our lesson this evening. We're going to start our lesson with a story out of the book of Ezekiel, chapter 8. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the book of Ezekiel. But there are some weird things in the book of Ezekiel. I mean, there's circles and circles and circles and floating in the sky. And there's, there's all kinds of weird stuff goes on in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel had some strange visions. And when this vision occurs to Ezekiel that he's fixing to see, he is in his home and he has all the elders of Israel, the old men of Israel, are there in front of him. And he looks out at him, and he sees a vision. And he sees a vision of the Ancient of Days. And he is there, and he says, in this vision, this Ancient of Days grabbed hold of him, like grabbing, grabbing a lock of his hair, and took him to the temple. And I want you to read with me as he goes to the temple. So he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. So I went in and saw. And there, every sort of creeping thing "'Abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel "'portrayed all around on the walls. "'And there stood before them seventy men of the elders of the house of Israel. "'Each man had a censer in his hand, "'and a thick cloud of incense went up. "'Then he said to me, "'Son of man, have you seen "'what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? "'Every man in the room of his idols?' For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. So this is a strange story. He's caught up by his head and he's taken to the temple. And he gets to the temple and he goes and he sees a hole in the wall. And can you imagine looking here and maybe just seeing a hole in the wall right here? And the Ancient of Days told him, dig in that wall. So he, with his hands, just starts digging and tearing open that hole. And there's a door hidden in the wall. And I say, well, I know there's a, a room back there. But this door didn't go back to that room. He opened the door and he goes in. And you know what he saw? He saw idols of Every kind, every kind of ungodly abomination, all inside the walls of the temple. And there in front of the walls of the temple, in front of all these idols, were all the leaders of Israel. And they had these bowls of incense, and they were offering sacrifices, and they were bowing down to and they were worshiping all these idols in the walls of the temple. And he says, see what they're doing in the room of his idols. Because God does not see us. You see, they believed that the things that were in their heart were secret. That someone else didn't know. That's why I titled this sermon, The Secret Chambers of the Heart. You know, if if we meet someone who presents to us one thing and really there's something else, we've got a word for that, don't we? That word is hypocrite, right? We call someone who pretends to be religious but isn't really religious, we call them a hypocrite. We call someone who pretends to be faithful to God but they're really not, we call them a hypocrite. And no one, but no one, but no one likes to be called a hypocrite. I don't like to be called a hypocrite. I was called a hypocrite one time. Actually, she called me a Sadducee because she couldn't remember the word hypocrite. But that was years ago when I was in college. I still remember that. No one wants to be called a hypocrite. You know what hypocrisy is? I think probably we ought to start with what hypocrisy is not, right? Hypocrisy is not Doing what you don't feel like doing. It is never, ever hypocritical to obey God when you don't feel like obeying Him. God tells you to forgive someone. You don't feel like it. You do it anyway. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. You know, sometimes during the school year, I teach at this school. I have to get up fairly early to be at school. When that alarm goes off, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't just go, boom, yay, another day. Sometimes it's kind of hard for me to get up in the morning. Sometimes that alarm goes off and I go, ah. Oh. But I get up anyway and I go to work. Does that make me a hypocrite for getting up and going to work? No. It's not hypocrisy to do what you don't feel like doing. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. We all at times have to do things that we don't feel like doing, don't we? And that's not hypocritical to do something you don't feel like doing. I've met people who say, well, I just didn't go to church Sunday because I didn't feel it, you know, and I didn't want to be a hypocrite. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you obedient to go to church when you need to go to church and you don't feel like it. It's not hypocrisy to do what you don't feel like doing. Another thing that's not hypocrisy is committing sin. Do you know everyone commits sin? You've heard me say this before, and you'll probably hear me say it again. The church is not a showcase for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. We're all here because of one thing, and that is we've sinned, and we need the forgiveness of God, and we trust Jesus Christ for that forgiveness, right? Committing sin doesn't make you a hypocrite. Every one of us commits sins. Did you know that even the elders of this church commit sin? That's true. Did you know that even all of the evangelists you've ever met, they all commit sin? Did you know that? Everyone commits sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Committing sin doesn't make you a hypocrite. In fact, there's a guy in the Bible whose name was David who committed some terrible, terrible sins, didn't he? I mean, he committed adultery and then he committed murder to try to cover it up. And I mean, he did some horrible stuff. But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, not because he never sinned, but because when he sinned, he responded to that in genuine repentance and he genuinely sought to serve and please God. You see, it doesn't make you a hypocrite to do what you don't feel like. And it doesn't make you a hypocrite, a hypocrite to commit sin. Even sin that you preach against. Even sin that you tell your children not to do. You know, one time when uh, years ago, when my kids were young, we were getting ready to leave. And as you might imagine, with four kids and three of them being girls, occasionally we were late to things. And that bothered dad to be late to things. And we were trying to leave and a couple of my daughters were in the hallway. And I said, come on, let's go, let's go. And one of them just really tore into her sister. Get out of my way. Come on, we got to go. And I stopped and I said, don't you talk to her that way. And my wife was standing there and they headed on out to the car. And I looked up and she said, you know where they learned that, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. Does that mean I shouldn't teach my children not to talk to each other that way? No, it doesn't mean that. I'm human. I've got failings. We've all got skeletons in our closet, don't we? Some of them have meat on the bones, right? I mean, we don't want everyone else to know our skeletons because we've all got skeletons. It's no secret for Christians to know that everyone sins. So if these aren't hypocrisy, then what is hypocrisy? In this picture here, just so you'll understand what's going on, you've got a lady and she's pulling off a mask. The word hypocrisy in the Greek is that word right there. And what it means specifically is an actor under an assumed character. It means pretending to be something you are not. So if I were to be in a play and I was to pretend in this play or this movie that I was JFK as President of the United States, I would be a hypocrite in the technical sense, okay? It's someone who pretends outwardly. They dress up and they act and they speak in a way to make other people believe they're something different than they really are. You see, hypocrisy is when I put on a pretense to you for the purpose of making you believe something different than is really true about me. Hypocrisy is the opposite of sincerity. You know, when I'm sincere, when I tell the honest truth and I'm genuinely sincere, that's the that's polar opposite of someone who makes you think they're sincere when they're really not. You see, what hypocrisy is, is outwardly telling a lie about what the truth is inwardly. So if I outwardly present this lie to deceive you about what the truth is inwardly to me, what that makes me is a hypocrite. Now, Jesus Christ, when He came and lived, On this earth. He dealt with lots of different people. People of all kinds. People with all kinds of problems. People who'd committed all kinds of sins. And Jesus rebuked them at times. There was a woman caught in the sin of adultery. She was caught in the very act. And they brought her to Jesus. And they said, what do you think? Moses said, kill her. What do you say? The Bible says he wrote on the ground. And he asked people. He said, Those of you without sin cast the first stone. And they were convicted of their sinfulness. He looked at the woman and he said, where are your accusers? And she said, well, there's none, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. And then he said this, go your way and don't do that anymore. Sin no more. Stop it. But he didn't condemn her. He said, stop it. You know, the harshest condemnation Jesus ever spoke were to the religious leaders of his day. I mean, he was harsh with them. And not because they were religious leaders. He was harsh with them because they were hypocrites. I want to look at some of the things that he said and and help us understand hypocrisy. In Matthew 23 Is where you'll find this. And he's very, very caustic. He's very harsh with these people. He says, you're hypocrites. He says, don't listen to them. They say and do not. You know what that is? Hypocrisy. When I say one thing and I don't do that, I set up different standards for me. I say, this is what we ought to do. This is how we ought to do it. Not only don't I do it, I don't make any real genuine effort to do that. You see, it's outwardly lying about that inward truth. That's when the alarm goes off in the morning and I get up. Only when we've got company. And I want them to think I get up early in the morning. Or the alarm goes off and I... Crawl out of bed, but I go telling everybody, boy, I love the mornings. Don't you love watching the sun come up on God's beautiful earth? And when the truth is, I can't hardly get myself out of the bed with a crowbar. You see, that's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when you pretend outwardly that you have these motivations or these purposes or these these commitments That really, inwardly, you don't have. They say and do not. But that's not all Jesus said about these people. Jesus said, they bind heavy burdens, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. He says, these guys are the leaders religiously and they're going to come to you and they're going to give you heavy burdens and it's burdens that they won't lift themselves. You see, it's holding other people to standards that you yourself have no intention of meeting. When I was a a young preacher, I uh, had just moved to the Dallas area. And one of the men of the church who had a son who was just... Oh, he's five years younger than me, probably. And the young men were hanging around with me and all this. Dad called me and he said, hey, I'd like to meet you for lunch. I said, "Okay, let's do that. And we met for lunch and we got to lunch. It became obvious real quick that he was going to get on to me about something. And he said, listen, I don't allow my son to listen to the radio. I believe the radio is ungodly. It's not right. I don't allow my son to listen to it. I said, okay, that's fine. He said, well, I told him he couldn't listen to it. And he said, well, Mike does. I said, okay. He said, so I want you to quit listening to the radio because it's a problem for m- us and our family. What should you do? Well, I thought about it. I told him, I said, well, I don't believe the radio's wrong. And I'm not going to get rid of my radio, but here's what I will do. When your son's around, I won't ever listen to the radio. And I won't talk about that. But I'm not going to get rid of the radio because I don't believe the radio is necessarily sinful. It wasn't six weeks before some of these young men were around and they were talking about this R-rated movie that his dad had rented for them to watch at their house of notorious R-rated movie for filth. You see the thing was he had standards. And I'm not saying I'm not defending now I'd probably defend less of the songs I used to listen to than I did then. But I'm not defending that but you see he had a standard that he wanted to apply to everyone else. But the truth was the honest truth is he hated the stuff on the radio but he wanted to watch that movie. See, that's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy to apply standards to people that you yourself don't intend to meet. You apply standards of morality to other people and you hold them to it and you press them when they violate it. But you yourself have no intention of trying to meet those same standards. That's hypocrisy. And I hope you're not like that. He went ahead and he said, All their works they do... For to be seen of men. He said the things they do. The religious things that they do. They do that so other people will see them. And other people will think they're godly. Other people will think they're righteous. Hypocrisy is doing your religion for the praise of men. Instead of the praise of God. It's when you do things so other people will think you're religious. For instance... Do you all say prayer before you eat at your home? You say prayer before you eat when you go out to a restaurant? Kids will tell on you. <laughs> they will. I've been places where we sat down to eat and the preacher, they were hosting the preacher and we sat down to eat and they said, okay, let's pray and the kid will go, we don't ever do that. Kids will tell on you, Right. If you just pray when the preachers at your house or other people from church are around, you're doing your religion to be seen of men. Now, I do understand maybe it reminds you and you go, oh, yeah, I ought to be doing this all the time. And you mean to and you just forget. But you know the difference of whether you mean to or whether you want people to think you do. I've known people who talk about, oh, I just don't know how people could make it without church on Wednesday. It's just such an uplifting thing for me in the middle of the week. And then you go visit their home and it's full of all kinds of things that are not Christian at all. And you go, yeah, I see when you need that in the middle of the week. Making this pretense is very, very harmful. It's what Jesus fought against so difficultly. He said, for pretense, they make long prayer. It's seeking privilege or honor based on your religion. It's when you try to keep your faults hidden so no one else can see your faults, and then you try to make this pretense publicly of your great religion. He said, you pay tithe, the mint Annis and Kuhnman, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You see, hypocrisy is majoring on the minors while overlooking the majors. Nothing wrong with paying attention to the minors. In fact, he says you ought to go ahead and do that. But it's majoring on minors while you ignore the majors. Let me give you an example of that. Arguing contentiously and hatefully with someone who's a fellow Christian, but their church maybe uses Sunday school or has one container or does something different than we do. It's not a problem to teach them the truth as we understand the truth. But I've known people who would be hateful and rude and mean to brothers and sisters in the Lord who do something a little different than us. Because maybe they don't understand some things that we understand. You see, they major on the minors. I'm not saying those minors aren't important. It does matter how we worship God. I believe it makes a difference. But I also believe that it's hypocrisy to focus on the minor failings of other people while I'm allowing major failings in my own life to run rampant. I can recall being this way. I'm just being honest with you. I can recall having arguments with people. I can recall talking to a, a young man one time who was in seminary about Christianity. And and this guy was in some denominational seminary. And I told him, and I, I didn't tell him in a nice tone of voice. I said, if you get to heaven, it'll be in spite of what they're teaching you down there. Well, were they teaching him truth? no. They weren't. But do you think I had any influence with him? No, I didn't. Because I was majoring on something that was minor compared to my attitude. I can remember Sunday mornings driving to church at times in my life and talking despicably about people whose cars were still in their driveway while I was on the way to church. Isn't that pathetic? That's not the way Jesus teaches us to be. He wants us to be genuine. Yes, pay attention to the, mi- the minors and pay attention to the majors. Don't be a hypocrite in this way. Jesus also said, you may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and Excess. You see, they made false distinctions to excuse their own sinfulness. They would say, yes, I'm going to clean the cup. I'm going to clean it. It's going to look good. But they do nothing about the problem inside. Carrie and I had not been married very long. I had a, a water bed, and she woke up one morning. She said, I'm thirsty. Do you have anything to drink? And it had one of those headboards, you know, you can set stuff on. And I said, yeah, there's a cup of water up here and I grabbed that cup of water and I handed it to her and she took a big old drink and went and just spit it out all over the bed. I didn't know water went bad. (laughs) It was slimy. It was nasty. It had been there. I don't know how long, you know, if the cup had looked nasty, she wouldn't have taken a drink, but the cup looked okay. It was what was inside. That was nasty. You see, that's what Jesus is talking about here. It's making these false distinctions. I knew a man who believed that the only reason for divorce was if one of the members of the marriage committed adultery. And he was in a bad marriage, so you know what he did? He went out, committed adultery. One night, went home and told his wife. You know what he told me? He said, well, now we can both get remarried. Because technically, he technically thought he'd found a loophole to get himself out of a bad situation. You can't do that with God. You cannot beat God on a technicality. You can't say, well, I'm suing my brother in Christ, but really it's his insurance company that will have to pay. So really, I'm not suing him. I'm suing a corporation. Those those distinctions that mean nothing. The Pharisees were full of that. They would say, well, you can't swear by the temple, but you can swear by the gold in the temple. They'd make these false distinctions. And Jesus said, that's being that's just being a hypocrite. He also said this, You are likened to whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. You ever seen a beautiful cemetery like Arlington Cemetery? It's got all the headstones in a row. I mean, it's nice to look at. He said, it looks good outside. But inside, it's full of dead men's bones when you ma- manipulate how other people see you for personal gain, that's hypocrisy. Now, it doesn't always have to be money, it can be for recognition, it can be for respect, it can be for a position of authority or an office in the church. It could be for a lot of things. I've known people that would put the little Christian fish on the back bumper of their business vehicle when they weren't the foggiest Christian that you could imagine. But you know why they did that? Well, so Christians would do business with us. That's hypocritical. That's hypocrisy. And Jesus had his very harshest words, the harshest things he ever said. You know what he said to these people? He said this, how can you escape the damnation of hell? How are you going to do that? Well, you can't. You can't escape the damnation of hell if you're a hypocrite. The reason for that is God looks at the heart. God looks at the inward things. You can fool people, but you can't fool God. Don't be a fake. Don't be a fraud. You can't get away with it. You may think you can get away with it. You may get away with it here on this earth for a while. But you see, the truth is, God looks at what's inside. And when you live your life, when you do the things that you do as a Christian, and you make the presentation of yourself to other people, and you make them think you are what you think, or what, what they think, I'm... That's sounding confusing, isn't it? When you make them think something that's not true, you're being a hypocrite. You know, we all, I look around, I'm maybe the only one in a suit here tonight. But we like to dress up, right? Because you look nice. My wife and I subscribe to the look your best, do your best, be your best kind of mentality. And especially if I'm going to preach, you know, I want to wear a suit. My wife, before I travel to go on a meeting... She picks out all my clothes for me because you wouldn't want to see me if she didn't. She picks out all my clothes for me. And part of the reason she does that is because your clothes can hide a lot of weak spots in your life, right? You can look good. Y'all like my tie? Ties can hide things. Ties can hide all kinds of things. Look at that. Did you you have any idea there was sin hiding under my tie? You see, what I was presenting outwardly, stand up here where people can still see. What I was presenting outwardly was that of someone who was dressed nice. Someone who was ready to stand up in front of a congregation and preach. Someone who was ready to be holy and lead people, but... You know, what was hidden beneath that tie was sin. Do you understand that? That's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy when inside what you're presenting to the people outwardly is something different. In fact, we've got all kinds of sins. This isn't a list of my sins, by the way. <laughs> we've got selfishness and envy and wrath, and gossip, and greed, and fornication, all kinds of sins. You see, I use this to illustrate this point. You can present something to anyone, but what's inside is what matters. You see, what matters is who you really are in that secret chamber of your heart of your heart, who you're really worshiping, who you're really serving. And from this message, from these things that Jesus taught about hypocrisy, I want to leave you with four particular takeaways that I believe are important. Number one, you have to know, understand, and be aware that other people may not be what they appear to be. Jesus taught us not to put our faith in men, but to put our faith in Jesus Christ. I promise you, if you knew me well enough, and those of you who know me very well know this is true, if you're around me very long, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to fail to do something I told you I'd do, or I'm going to say something I shouldn't say, or I'm going to get hostile with you in my tone of voice. Something like that's going to happen if you're around me very long. People are not what they appear to be. Anyone can appear good for an hour at church. But it's different to genuinely give your heart to serving God. You see, that's a very different thing. You young people, you need to know. So I talk to people when I do Bible studies and they have this idea when they come to church, if they weren't raised here and a part of this, then, oh, well, everybody that down there, they've got it all together. I mean, they're holy, and they're, they smile, and they sing all the songs, and they sound good, and they dress nice, and they shake hands. And... and the reality is, we don't have it all together. No one does. Don't put too much faith or confidence in any one man. The Scriptures say this, do not judge according to appearance. If you do, you're going to be deceived Scripture also says this, the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, you may fool me, you may fool the elders, you may fool your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents, but you're not going to fool God. And so, especially all of you young people, When you see, when somebody comes to hold a meeting like me, don't think I'm any more holy than your mom or dad. I'm not. i love God and I seek to serve him. I try to do that. But don't put your faith in men. Don't put your faith in people. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. He's the only one who won't desert you, who won't disappoint you, who won't fail you. Another thing. Is do not ever, ever, ever be a hypocrite. Don't pretend that you are more righteous than you really are. That'll lead you down a bad path in a hurry. If you start pretending you're more righteous than you are, the problem with that is you got to keep pretending. And you've got to keep pretending and you've got to keep pretending. and the higher the expectations get, the more you have to pretend. and the more you build that reputation and that appearance, the more you have to pretend like you're that. And it, it's a losing battle. You can never get out of it. Don't pretend. The scriptures say, don't be like the hypocrites. We all know them. The Pharisees knew them. Don't be like the hypocrites. You remember the hypocrite? He was the one who stood at the temple and he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Because I fast and I do this and I do that and I do something else. I thank you that I'm not like all these other people. He said, don't be that way. You be like this guy who... Beats on his chest and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I don't think I'm so holy. I know where my holes in myself spiritually are. I'm not so righteous. But I'm seeking to serve God. That's what you have to inwardly be seeking. Number three, don't judge others harshly and hypocritically. Don't do like I told you I did. Don't be hypocritical. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. What he's saying here is this. Don't be harsh and condemning in your judgment of other people. Just don't do it. God will take care of that judgment. You don't need to. There's no need for you to be harsh and condemning. Of other people. God is going to take care of that if they really deserve that. And the truth is, He can see inwardly what you can't see. Sometimes in counseling, I work with people and they'll tell me something and I'll go, I don't know. But that's the truth. I don't know. I don't know. But God does. So I don't have to worry about making that judgment. He says, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For you who judge, practice the same things. Just like me getting on to my daughter for the way she talked when I talked the very same way. Don't judge, especially don't judge in areas where you have weakness and you have problems because you are really, really setting yourself up. For failure. Finally, the fourth thing is find a godly Christian and develop a relationship with them where you can confess your sins. Look at this verse. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another. One of the things that I had to learn in my life that was very difficult for me to learn is that you cannot handle your own sins. You can't do it. Don't try. You need to find someone who is a godly Christian. I'm not saying you come up here tomorrow morning and you tell the whole church all your dirty secrets. That's not what I'm saying. You need to be careful. You need to find a godly Christian, somebody that loves God, somebody that will work with you, and you can work with them, and you need to confess your sins to them and pray for each other. You need that relationship. And if you don't have it, sometimes we call them accountability partners. You can call them whatever you want to, whatever terminology you want to use. The Bible tells us we need to confess our sins. There needs to be someone that you can talk to, that you can say, you know what? I really failed this week. I really messed up. Or someone you can call when you can say, I am really, really weak right now, and I need some help. No matter when it is. You need to develop that relationship with someone. Those four things. Other people are not what they appear to be, always. Some people are sincere and genuine, but a lot of people aren't. Don't ever, ever be a hypocrite. Don't be harsh in your judgment of other people and find and develop a relationship with someone that you can confess your sins to. I want to close by asking you this question. What secrets do you have hidden in the secret chambers of your heart? If there's anything that's in there that shouldn't be, if there's anything that's in there that you really need to get rid of, that's why we offer an invitation at the end of this to give you a chance to stand up in front of fellow Christians and go, I need this. I need to be real, I need to be genuine, I need to quit pretending, I'm ready to make some changes. If there's something there and you want us to pray for you or baptize you into Christ or whatever it is that you need spiritually, we offer song of invitation if you'll come to the front while we stand and sing.